Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Good morning for those of you who are watching and those who are present. Uh, those of you who don't know me, I'm uh, Pastor Steve. Uh, there, there it is again. I'm in light, uh, teaching pastor. Uh, we're glad to be with you this morning, excited about what the Lord's going to do. And, you know, we are in the middle of a series called The Seven Deadly Sins. We call them The Seven Daily Sins. Uh, question, well, why do we call them that? Because the reality is for believers, uh, even though we're born again, we're going to still deal with sin and uh, to get victory over specific sins that we are talking about today, of course. Uh, our message today deals with the story of Joseph, uh, and uh, the sin in question is lust. Uh, very interesting story. Of course, you're not dealing with uh, Joseph's lust because he doesn't have a lust in this story, but someone was like hot and heavy after your boy. All right, and so we're going to have a little fun with this. I'm going to try to make this a little different today. I'm flying without my notepad, like I left it over there, so I'm going to try to really just do something different and uh, have a can we talk moment. Uh, can we talk for a minute? Uh, boy, I want to know your name. All right. Yeah, I don't need that. I just said I don't need that. No, we're not. No, no, we, no. I'm going, I'm going with the clicker today. Uh, okay. Are we? Okay, okay. It's up there. It's, I'm fixing this. Okay, my bad. I didn't mean to out you like that. Okay. But, but you realize I cannot see that, right? Okay, it's cool. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, we good. Okay. There we go. Lust, the case of Joseph. So what I want to do today, uh, like, kind of like what I did last week, I, I want to kind of outlay for you uh, what, what is the gospel. The gospel is the good news concerning what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And it deals specifically with victory over sin and understanding what sin is. I think you cannot teach this enough. We have to buck the trend. The trend in today's church is everybody wants to be convenient, quick, fast, in and out. Like we, like we, I, man, the great church go to, man. I got there at 11, was going down home at 12, 15, that kind of thing. Well, the problem with that is that it takes time to learn stuff. It takes time to learn things. And so this whole topic of walking in victory over sin, sins, and all of that really needs to be taught all over again. It, it just really does. We have to slow our roll. We don't always have to follow trends. We can make some, too. We can make some trends as well. All right. So let's, let's first take lessons. Click. Look at that. Lessons uh, from the life of Joseph. Um, Joseph said this. Now, here's the quick synopsis of the story. I'm going to give it to you, the New Black American Stephen version. So what happened was Joseph had a good hookup job, you know, because he had promise on his life. So much so that everything he touched kind of prospered. Uh, and so... Uh, he was placed over uh, the, the Potiphar's house, 
Uh, Potiphar didn't even care what Joseph done as long as you made me prosper. But Joseph was a good-looking fella. He was handsome. He looked good. You know what I'm saying? You know, nothing wrong with being saved, love the Lord, and look good. He looked good. All right? And so he's doing his work, doing what he's doing. And uh, Potiphar's uh, wife said, all right, now. Hey. <laughs> he didn't do it. But so, so she cast, the Bible says she cast a longing eye after him. And finally, she shot her shot. You know, shoot your shot. So she shot her shot. She said, Joseph. Lay with me. He said, what? No, no, we're not, we're not doing this. And this is what Joseph said. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you're his wife. Right? How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day, every day. Hi. 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 And Joseph like, go on now. He did not heed to her to lie with her or to even be with her. So he's smart. I'm not going to not even lie with you. I ain't going to hang out with you. We ain't going to do brunch. We ain't going to do lunch. Brothers, all right, there you go. Don't even like, we're just friends. No, you're not. This is set up. Get up out of there. <laughs> Amen. Talk about your wife profusely. Put a picture of your wife on your, okay, that's not the text. All of that. All right. So we get lessons from Joseph. See, I was waiting for them to click this. I, I got to do that. Joseph knew who he was and what he was called to be. This is identification. He knew who he was and what he was called to be. Number two, Joseph understood the grace that was resting on his life. Therefore, Joseph valued his calling and favor of his master and God more than Potiphar's wife. So in this, this lesson that we learned from Joseph, where lust is not just something you have, Lust is just excessive desire. We get to that in a second. But sometimes you're being pursued on account of someone else's desire, right? And so he teaches us how to win. And what we're going to learn today is, is not only how to deal with you're dealing with lust yourself or excessive desire, uh, desires that are out of check or out of balance with God, his purpose for your life. Don't feel bad. You're not, you're not bad. You're just human, all right? But there's a way to take a legitimate thing like desire and, and push away the illegitimate part. See, the enemy wants to take what is natural desires, whatever they are, and twist them. It's a twisting of what is created. The devil has no creative power, but he can twist what is created. And so excessive lust, excessive desire, uh, then, then there's a way to walk in victory there. Now, the good news is, uh, when we understand sin and sins, we have a better chance at walking in all the benefits God has given us. Understanding sin and sins. There's a difference. Sin, as it's spoken here, is, is referring to the disposition into which all people were born. Because of Adam's sin in, in, in the Garden of Eden, all men were born, all people were born in sin. That state of sin means that you're out of alignment with God. You're out of alignment with his original purpose and plan. It doesn't mean that God doesn't still talk to people. Some people, some, some Christians think that God doesn't talk to nobody but those who come to church. God talks to people all the time. He, he, he uh, infuses himself into their life. But they're still in a state which is separated from God. It's out of alignment with the righteousness of God. Therefore, out of that uh, misalignment, there are certain behaviors that flow because the person's not connected to God, right? Those behaviors that flow, disposition and behavior, becomes the sins. They're the actual actions that flow from the condition, 
right? And so the reality is man was in a helpless place, in a helpless state as related to God because he was born in sin. He had no way to perceive God, communicate with God, commune with God because he in fact was dead, dead in trespasses and sins, which means separated or cut off, all right? So when we understand sin and sins, then we can understand more of what Christ came to do. God solved the sin issue. Everybody say it's already solved. So you don't have to work at solving it because you can't. God solved it, and man can't solve it, and he has to continue to solve it in our life. All right? So how did God solve the issue? For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, the law here is talking about the Mosaic law, the thou shalt not, thou shalt not. It could, what the law could not do because it was weak through flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin. So Christ came into the world to deal with sin. This, this is why, you know, I, I feel like the old guy, get off my lawn. Sometimes when I look at the church, because we don't want to talk about sin, but we want to talk about the benefits. You got to talk about sin because that's why Christ came. Christ didn't come to be your banker. Christ didn't come to be your buddy. Christ came to deliver us from sin because this is the issue. Because if I'm in sin, I can't commune with God. I'm out of alignment with God. Everything he has for me, I'm not able to enjoy because I'm in this state. So God did, he solved the issue. He was sent on the account of sins. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk according, not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So what, what, what God did in sending his son, the second Adam, was to recall cover with the first Adam lost. It's football season. Wonderful. I love football. I love these types of plays where one running back is running and he, and he fumbles the ball. Well, two things could happen there. Either the other team could recover or you could recover. But in the things of God, the second Adam came in and picked up the ball that the first Adam fumbled, picked it up and ran it in for a touchdown and everybody cheered, right? Because the second Adam, Jesus, did what the first Adam failed to do. Amen. So when you believe on what Christ has done for you, that is how you're saved. You're saved because you've believed on what Christ has done for you. The good news is what God has done for us through Christ in dealing with this stuff. Sin. Listen, sin is the root cause of every dysfunction, brokenness, darkness, and death in the world. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 that death passed upon all men because of sin. Death, there was no death in the world till sin came. Everything that we get up here and we talk about, there's injustice in the world. It's rooted in sin. There's inequities in the world. It's rooted in sin. Man's problem is a sin problem. And you just can't modify the behavior. You need to be changed from the inside out. That's why the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. So God solved the sin issue. Now watch this. I love this, and Paul deals with this whole issue. Matter of fact, if you read the book of Romans, starting really at chapter 6 and read all the way through, you will see these truths. He says this to the people, or do you not know that as many of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So anytime the child of God, when you read something and there's a question, answer the question. So if he says, didn't you know this? Maybe you didn't know that when you were baptized, you were baptized into Jesus' death. Maybe you just jumped in the water because the water looked good. Maybe we had a pool and you wanted to be baptized, but you never understood any depth about what it really means. Watch this. Didn't you know that when you were baptized into Christ, you were baptized into his death? But what does that mean, Paul? Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death. 
that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. So watch this. In Christ we died. In Christ we were buried. In Christ we're resurrected. Oh, y'all getting that? See, he's the second Adam. See, the first Adam stood proxy for all mankind. So did the second Adam. So in Christ we died. In Christ we were buried. And in Christ we will walk in the newness of life. God solved the sin issue. Now if we die with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin how many times? Once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, you yourselves reckon yourselves to be what? Dead indeed too. But... See, it's already solved. Well, we're going to talk about lust in a second, but you need to know when we start talking about lust, it's already solved. He solved the issue. I simply need to identify with the truth that I now have, and the reality for most people in the body of Christ today is most people don't know what I just read. I promise you, these scriptures have been here the whole time. These are not hitchhike scriptures. I did not put them in just for this sermon. I promise they've been there the whole time. So what do we do when we sin? See, you got some people, you got two schools of thought. You got some people like, well, now that you're saved, you will never sin again. That's a lie. <laughs> See, this is why I don't like this thing, because my head is big, and then it starts falling off, and then here we go. I got a big old Shrek head and Shrek fingers. Anyway, what should we do if we sin, when we sin? If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Tell me what you really feel, John. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My little children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. See, Jesus didn't come to console us in sin. He didn't come to comfort us from sin. He came to deliver us from sin. So I write these things that you sin not but, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not only ours, but the whole world as well. The word propitiation means that he, he settled the anger or the offense that was against uh, God. Jesus appeased that and took on the judgment for our sins. So your sin is already paid for. Everybody say, I already have the victory. Oh, say it again. I already have the victory. Gee, that's, see, that's what the gospel is. Now watch this. <laughs> you know, uh, now you know I'm silly. I'm about to do something silly. I got, I got to pre-call it so you don't wonder what I do. You know, I, I love music. And uh, there's an there's a artist, uh, Diana Ross. You remember Diana Ross? And I don't know if she sung it. But somebody else sang, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing. And so you start throwing all these hugs and kisses and doing all this kind of stuff. You think that that's what the gospel is. Everybody get together and do these kind of things. No, it's not. It's being delivered from sin. Because if you have sin, you ain't, if you're doing this, you're faking. You're faking. Because in your heart, you're still the same thing. You just, you just got, came doing the church thing, and so now the church thing is telling you to do these things, and so without a change on the inside, you're just learning new behaviors of basically to cover up your sin. Because sin is like a chameleon, man. So, he came to deliver us. You already have the victory. 
Say, I already have it. God solved us an issue. We must accept and believe his solution. Do you see yourself the way God sees you? So even before I, you notice I haven't talked about lust yet? I'll get there. Because if I don't get this part, that lust or the anger or the hatred or whatever sin we're talking about seems like it's bigger than you. Because you feel it so deeply with your saved self. You still feel it. Like if you got slapped people in your bones, it's still in there. I'm going to slap them. One more time, I'm just going to slap them. Cuss out. God know my heart. They always said if I confess my sin, he faithful just forgive my sin. Lord, forgive me for what I'm about to do. I had a lady one time, I used to always, I always keep it real in my Bible studies. Keep it real. So sister, they, sister came in, and uh, she said, all I want to know, Pastor Fur, is if you know you're going to do something that you know God don't want you to do, but you're going to do it, will God still forgive me? <laughs> Got to be, yeah, but... I'm just saying, he got one more time to hit me, I'm going to cut him. Okay. <laughs> well, that's keeping it real. Because that's still in you. You have to figure out what to do other than cut him. Right? So do you see yourself the way God sees you? If you don't see yourself according to what Christ has already accomplished for you, then dealing with sin is going to be very difficult. Matter of fact, you would never get victory over it. It's always going to be hanging around in your life. And let me tell you something about sin. Sin is destructive and deadly. We know that the wages of sin is death. But listen, on a human level, this is why I fight against theology where you have to always say, I'm just still an old dirty sinner saved by grace. I'm a worm. Well, if your daddy call you that, you can call yourself that. I mean, you've got children. Raise your hand if you've got a child. I, 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 I was picking Theron last. I'm going to pick with you this, this week. What's your child's name? What's your first child's name? Anna. 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 You name your child what? Anna. Now, she can't, she can't just say, I'm not who my daddy made me. I'm somebody, I'm somebody else's child. She can say that, but she not. She is your child. You named her. What do you expect her to call herself? What you call her. God expects you to call you what he made you, not anything else. He don't call you old sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner, but now you're saved by grace. If you leave that door open, every time you're about to go the heck off, you're going to go through the I'm sinner door. But your father doesn't call you sinner. Your father calls you righteous. That's what Jesus bought for you. He, he bought righteousness, right standing, realignment. You should wake up every morning and say, I thank God I'm in alignment with God through Jesus Christ. Now, because I have position with him, now I can learn how to walk it out. And he'll give me grace to do that too. Do you see yourself as God sees you? Now, Here's lust. What's lust? Focus on properly passion built on strong feelings or urges. These can be positive or negative, depending on whether you, the desire is inspired by your faith or our carnal nature. So watch this. You can actually lust for righteousness. Isn't that wonderful? So, 
How does lust play in leading us to sin? Let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man, every person, is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So this is how lust works to bring us to do something against God. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. Lust conceived brings forth the activity of sinning outside, acting outside of God's will. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. So you need to know that. You need to understand that to be tempted by something is not sinful. You're always going to be tempted with something. Jesus was tempted. So it's temptation, not the problem. Right? But what happens is when lust conceives, it brings forth sin. So if you catch it in seed form, you don't have to worry about, if you, if you catch it before it takes root, you don't have to worry about the fruit. So, so back to Joseph. So she like hollering at him daily. Hey, man, Joseph, you know what? I mean, no, I'm not on this trip about us getting together. You already told me no. What? Then he says, I'm just saying, you do a good job around here. Thank you. And, uh, you know, you do good work. Thank you. <laughs> work on me. Work on me. Oh, that's just a song I sing. I ain't trying to do nothing. This is how lust works. Keep on trying to get in. Just keep. If that doesn't work, you know, he tries us the other subtle way. See, the Holy Spirit will let you know what's going on when it's going on. Oh, y'all getting quiet. Y'all getting in trouble. Okay, let me move on. What does scripture reveal about lust? Do not love the world nor the things of the world. If anybody loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Watch this. All that is in the world is what? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust thereof. So keep that in your mind. So when you feel tempted a certain kind of way and it's operating, you just remember what's going to happen. The, the lust of, of your flesh will push out the love of the Father is what happened. It'll shift your value set. See, Joseph was victorious because he kept his values in, in, in front of him. Right? Realize who God made you, what God made you to be. That has to be more valuable than anything else. Because all that other stuff is just passing away. You know the funny thing about lust? It never delivers what it promises. Never. It's the old bait and switch thing. Never. I remember when I was uh, imagining what the ocean would look like. I had never been to the ocean. I had this imagination. Guess what I found out? When I got there, it didn't look nothing like the way I thought it was going to look. Lust is painting you a picture that never happened. And you get there, it's like, what? I gave up this for this? Yeah. All right. You have victory. So here, now watch this. Be, now watch this. Be, now let's, let's connect the dots. Remember, plus, A, play, let's connect the dots. Christ has already given you victory. You are already created in righteousness and true holiness. That's Ephesians. Y'all got to stay with me. Read, watch the sermon from last week. All right? You're already recreated in righteous and true holiness if you're a child of God. So all you really need to do to beat any particular sin is understand what the scriptures teach about it and just apply it to your life. Now, I say just. That don't mean it's easy. I'm just saying that's, that's the path. Just like being fat. I'm fat. I know all I need to do is just lose weight. Just eat right. 
Well, there's a whole journey between what I need to do and how I do it, but I still need to know what to do. Y'all with me? Thank you. You guys listen very well. So here, so this is what the scripture teaches. This is our victory. I say then walk where? And you shall not what? Well, there's the answer. Walk in the spirit. And you won't fulfill the lust of the It don't mean the lust of the flesh won't be there. It means you won't fulfill them. Watch this. For the flesh lust or has excessive desire against the spirit. So this is a reality that you experience. I just, and the spirit against the flesh. So as much as in you that's pulling you this way, there's also a tug this way. Almost done the word. <laughs> Y'all silly. Y'all need to stop. Get me in trouble. Chip is probably on the phone right now. Don't let Steve preach for another 45 days. The spirit lust against the flesh, and these two are contrary one to the other. And that's what most people experience. You're experiencing this tug of war on the inside, right? So that you don't do the things you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. And to understand that statement, you have to understand this whole, this whole uh, uh, text in Galatians. But what he's basically saying, the law of sin that's in your members that basically says, if I'm here, you have to act on me. When you walk in the spirit, you negate that law. When you get over into the realm of the spirit, your flesh doesn't follow. Y'all follow me? Okay, let me have some fun with y'all. Okay, you know, I'm silly. I'm about to do something silly. So, you know, me and my lovely wife, Beverly, let's just say, back before, you know, we about to hook up and have a wonderful time, right? And so our favorite artist, you know, missionary Anita Baker, she's doing her thing. She's singing her songs, and the music is low, and I'm looking into Beverly's eyes, and she's looking into my eyes, and I try my very white. You know, you're beautiful tonight. <laughs> shut up, boy. You know, you can't make me shut up. I bet you should put them lips on me, I'll shut up. You know. Okay, so we're doing something not unholy, but we're doing something that is natural or intimate. But this is what doesn't happen. Right in the middle of that, I don't bust out singing, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That's, she said, what? You better give me some berry. What are you singing that for? See, these two things are contrary. The one thing is this, the other thing is that. Anything is in the spirit negates even flesh, natural things. Learn how to walk in the spirit. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Get over there in the spirit. Now, what is that all about? Pastor Fred, that's too deep for me. No, it's not. If you want to win, it ain't deep. Didn't you know this? Remember, anytime you have a question, answer it. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether it's sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. Didn't you know that? Oh, most people are like, I, I, I didn't know that. Okay, but God be thanked that you were slaves of sin. Is were past tense or present tense? Say it loud. It's past tense. You were slaves of sin, which means you don't have a choice. You were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which you were delivered. And having been set free, everybody say, I'm free. free. 
from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Did you know you're a slave to righteousness? Even when you get off track, you feel terrible and got to get back on track. You know why? Because you be the slave. You're now a slave of righteousness. Now, if I keep on telling you, you're not, you know, you're just old sinners, anybody great. Paul said, I'm the chief sinner. La, 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 la. That ain't what God said about your sin. God ain't saying nothing about your sin like that. That was Paul talking about what he felt about himself. That is not what the Father's saying to Paul. What the Father's saying to Paul, listen, you are the heir of my righteousness. That's why the Bible says in another place, awake to righteousness and sin not. Otherwise, when I understand who I am in Christ and not who I am because of my own deed, because of what he made me. Because of what he made me. I love this. He was talking about keeping it real. I speak in human terms because of the what? Weakness of your flesh. That's real. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness, and lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. See, you need as much worship as you can get. You need as much word as you can get. Because you know why? 24-7, the enemy working to pull you out of the will of God. Every, every listen, how are you going to sell motor oil with a sexy woman? The two things don't have nothing to do with one another. Motor oil. It's motor oil. And big old sexy woman, hey, ooh, what are you doing on the top of the car? I'm trying to sell motor oil. <laughs> it's hitting you from all kinds of directions. Ways to tear up your messages all on TV. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's on Twitch. It's everywhere. Ways to stand against your marriage and your man this and your man that and your woman. Everything that's against God is bombarding you all the time. You're not going to get deliverance spending 57 minutes a day at church. You're going to have to put that word in your heart. You ain't going to win. The devil just outworking you, man. Day and night. Night and day. Slap the heifer. Slap the heifer. Slap the heifer. Slap the heifer. One more time. Slap the heifer. Just slap her. Don't call the heifer because you're in church. Just call her uh, like that. So for you, uh, means heifer. Bombarding your mind. Before you know it, y'all out there talking. She say something wrong. Oh my God, did I hit her? Yeah, you did. Now you're going to take a tail whipping because she can fight better than you. You lost that one. <laughs> y'all pray for me. Yield yourself to God. Say yes. Other words, I don't, I don't see Joseph's was not so much saying no to Potiphar's wife, even though he did, as much as it was him saying yes. See, God has done so much for us through his son Christ that we simply don't know about. Now, this is one of those, okay, challenging moments. Don't raise your hand, but just listen. Those verses we went through in Romans chapter 6 is a snippet of all that God has said about those of you who have believed on Christ, of what you are, what you have. Grace did not just pardon you. Grace empowers you to live for God. It's not just a pardon. Thank God for the pardon. But grace put you in right position 
with God. And now from that position, you will learn how to walk with God. The positioning, for you Bible people who grew up in church, the positioning is called justification. It's right standing with God by the work of Christ. I've received that. It's been imputed to you. It's been charged to your account because of what Jesus did. Watch this. After which you are made righteous. You're called righteous. That's position. Being made righteous or learning how to walk in what you are is called sanctification. You're learning how to walk out the new position. It's like getting a new position on your job. You have the position. If I look at you on paper, it doesn't say, you know, it doesn't say, uh, Johnny Hillier. We ain't hiring nobody named no Johnny Hillier. You go out there and work in that person's place without being having the position, you a trespasser. You're going to jail, Johnny. But once we hired you and put you in the position, all the benefits go with the position. You don't know how to walk in the benefits yet because you just got here. But all of the benefits are still yours. You have to learn how to walk in what you have. You already have victory here. You just have to learn how to walk in it. You have to learn how to appropriate it. You have to learn how to take in his word and be like David. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Put his word. Let the word change how you see and perceive and understand yourself, others, and the world. And now you're walking out the righteousness that has been given to you. The grace of God is at work in you, and the precious Holy Spirit empowers you to walk in a way that is pleasing. That's why the Bible says it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God working in me. I see myself the way God sees me. The old man is dead, and the new man is alive. Oh, Broadway Steve is dead. The new man is here now. I don't do that anymore. I'm brand new. Now, if you don't see yourself that way, the devil going to go, hey, boy, what's up, player? Wait a minute, Pastor Fur? Oh, my bad. I didn't realize where I was. Yes, how are you? Because I'm still thinking that old dude is alive. But the new man is now here, and you simply say what? Yes to God. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. I want to challenge you. Remember all those challenges we had so many years ago? The ice bucket challenge, you know. The push-up challenge. Okay. Here's the challenge. You read Romans chapter 6 to Romans chapter 8. Do it, do it tonight. And everything that Paul says, alluding to who you now are, you take that into your life. And as you walk in that, you watch how the things of earth become strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today, your sweet spirit. We pray that those who don't know you as Lord would take this moment to confess Jesus as Lord. You said in your word, if you confess with your mouth the Lord and believe in your heart that God, that thou was raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. There are those in this room who need, who desire this close walk with you. Let this day be the day where they make that decision. Other believers who've walked with you for a while, they're dealing with things like lust or hate or some form of sin. Give them to know they already have victory and they only need to learn how to, how to appropriate what's already provided. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.